1: Good morning, and welcome to episode number 123 of Go To Grandma. This show is airing on Saturday, December 16th, 2023. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and I'm still your Go To Grandma. Today, we're going to be sharing some Go To tips on two things we can't give away over the holiday season your sleep and your health. Alana McGinn and Goodnight Sleepsite Sleep Site is back on the show to tell us how to set up the best sleep environment if we are spending it with our grandkids. Maybe you're bunking up in the nursery, in a toddler's bed, or even on a sofa. How can we still try to ensure we get a good night's sleep? And what bedtime rules can we, or should we, put around it if we are at our kids' homes for the holidays? Plus some tips on how to help out with grandkids and their sleep schedules at this exciting time of the year. Running around after the grandkids on the holidays can be exhausting, so it's important to remember to keep up with our fitness routines rather than substituting them with bending down to pick up a toddler who seems a tad bigger than last year. Marika Peterson is a fitness expert who has been my personal trainer, plus she is the fittest grandma of four that I know. She's going to work us through some movements and exercises that will have us ho-ho holding our grandkids up for longer than we thought possible. She's also Zoomer Radio's Jean Stevens' sister, so already part of the family. Then as we look forward to ending off another year, it's a reminder to some of us that the years do pass quickly, and we need to make sure that our estate is in order, particularly so as it is forecast that an exceptionally large intergenerational transfer of wealth is expected to take place over the next short while. We have some advice on how to manage that transfer and the steps you can take now before your estate plan kicks in. I think at this time of the year, it's considered acceptable to add a little something extra to our coffee, isn't it? Don't worry, it'll either help me sleep or get Marika to kick me into doing some more push ups. She's up first, so get ready to move. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Marika Peterson has been a fitness specialist for 40 years and a personal trainer for 27. She proudly represents a 60-plus age defined generation of fit women and men who want to move well. Marika has three grown kids, four grandkids, she's 65, and she walks her talk. Marika is a certified Stott Pilates mat and injuries and special populations trainer, and she teaches online adaptive and inclusive seated fitness classes. Good morning, Marika. Thanks for coming back on Go To Grandma, back with some terrific exercises for us as we inch our way into the holidays and hope not to add too many inches at the same time. <laughs>
2: Happy to be here again, Kathy, with you.
1: So, we, a lot of us will be looking at traveling and we want to keep our workouts going. I mentioned in the intro, it's not just enough to keep picking up the toddlers, we need to do more than that. So, what are some great workout ideas when we're visiting grandkids or when we're on vacation?
2: Okay, well, I like to call this episode Go To Grandkids. Nice. Or go on vacation. Uh, Either way, yeah, you know, let's not make it complicated. Let's look at things we have that are readily available. Um, So this is either in someone's home or in hotels. Let's look at a towel. You know, a towel is a great resistance tool for strength, for balance, for stretching. Um, And, you know, I also want to talk about weather permitting, some outdoor uh, walking ideas as well.
1: Okay, I'm really interested in the in the towel one. I travel a lot with my um, resistance bands, but the towel is right there in your hotel room or your kid's house, right? So let's talk about that.
2: Well, let's hope it's there. Everybody should have a towel. <laughs> yeah, so um, we're going to talk about, you can use a beach towel, but I, I like to use a hand towel um, just because it is readily available. So. Thinking about it for resistance, uh, if you hold the towel, and I'm standing right now, but and I encourage listeners to stand, hold a towel at arm's length and really get a sense of uh, pulling it, uh, pulling it tight, so you should feel the resistance. The shoulders should be down and back, so we're not shrugging. We can just simply take the towel up over our head and get a nice stretch, maybe rotate slightly to either side, And you really just want to get a sense of what the towel's capability is in terms of feedback on the body. So you can get a little stretch. You can bend the elbows and press straight overhead, and that becomes an overhead press. You can adjust your grip. Let's take the towel back down and do an underhand grip and bicep curls. Uh, You can hold the towel out shoulder height and add rotation. So it becomes a great core exercise. You know, and then if you wanted to add lower body to this, just march. March, you can squat, you can lunge, you know, it's endless.
1: And I've also used towels, if I've got a, sort of a slippery floor, not a carpet, as sliders, right? You can use them for that as well, either on your hands or on your feet, right?
2: Yes, you can fold it up. Uh, you can have it under hands or feet, like you've mentioned. And you can do a push-up with the towel under one foot or both feet. You can add a knee tuck. You can add a slide away and back, sort of like a half a jack. You can have it under uh, one hand, so you can do sort of a staggered push-up. These are harder. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't suggest listeners start with this, but definitely it's a great way to add more balance, more core, more strength. And don't forget wrapping a towel around a stair banister. Mm -hmm. Uh, That becomes, and then a little tiny mini squat, and then row, pull right side, left side. So you're getting the anchor of the stair rail, and then you're using it to get back, back work.
1: I love all of these, and I hope that people have been sort of visualizing all this. But you're going to post something for us. Is that right? I am um, going to. I'm excited about
2: this. (laughs) I'm going to do a special Zoomer collab uh, towel exercise post for our listeners. And honestly, for for everybody, I'll post it on that day. But wink, wink, this is for you guys. Uh, I'm going to post it on December the 19th because that's when your podcast airs. So, you know, it'll have everything that I talked about, and you'll be able to see, there'll be a visual, you'll have that context.
1: And we can find that, of course, on Instagram at Marika Trainer, and Marika's M-A-R-K-A, Trainer, all one word. And you have uh, amazing workouts on there every day, basically, that I love to follow. Um, And that's another point I wanted to make, is that just because we're traveling and we don't maybe have our comfort of our gym or our home weights, body weight exercises are hard and we can follow along with a lot of videos yours included to take that with us when we travel as well.
2: Absolutely. You know you need a floor. I think we all have a floor <laughs> and I do like to say that you know aging is no excuse. Right. Uh, in fact it should be our motivation. We have to move well as we age and you know build not just strength but mobility and all of the other facets of you know living independently.
1: Yeah and we've talked about that before in terms of yeah. balance and strength etc and people can find that of course in our previous episodes. What about, okay, maybe I'm saying, see you later, grandkids. I'm going down south. What (laughs) tips do you have around, uh, you know, I'm hitting a resort, everybody's sort of relaxed, there's a lot of food and drink. Okay, they might have a gym as well. But what tips do you have for us to keep on track when we're vacationing down south?
2: Well, you know, the other part I wanted to talk about was outdoor. I mean, maybe you've got beautiful weather wherever you're going. And let's not, you know, let's not uh, ignore the fact that we want to be outside when we can be. So I know everybody is pretty familiar with walking. Walking is a natural go-to and that's great for maintaining and obviously depending on your fitness level, walking is a fabulous start as well. But let's let's make it a little more interesting. So I wanted to talk about three different things, three variations to walking. So the first is backward walking. I think I've mentioned it before but let's just delve a little bit deeper into why backward walking is crucial to knee health. Uh, It just simulates that knee-over-toe motion. Hmm. And if you're walking backwards, and I don't suggest this, you know, in the middle of a road, (laughs) uh, find a wall Mm -hmm. and somewhere safe. But, you know, adding that uh, backward walking element to your walking habits is only going to strengthen not just proprioception and balance, but also the ankle, knee, the hip. It's a great way to strengthen um, everything up the chain from the foot.
1: My two-year-old grandson has just mastered backward walking, so I will do that with him. Perfect.
2: It looks awkward, it looks weird, and if you feel awkward, then, you know, great, that is the muscles, that is the brain uh, talking to the body. So it should feel a little awkward to start, um, as long as you're in a safe environment. I recommend that highly. So my other option, there's something called rucking. Have you ever heard of that?
1: I have not, actually.
2: Okay. It's a military origin, and it just means to wear a backpack. I'm I'm making it kind of uber fancy. Yeah. But if you just put a backpack on and go for a walk, it doesn't have to be a hike. It can be a a walk. It can be a beach walk. Um, First of all, sand is awesome for feet Mm -hmm. and uh, proprioception and, um, you know, everything, again, up the foot. And up the body. But in terms of adding a backpack, you're adding a little bit of strength training, a little bit of weight load. So it becomes so much more than just the walking pattern.
1: And lastly, are your third, just we'll fit it in. Nordic skis. Ah. Um, if
2: we include poles, and you can find lots of brands on Amazon, by the way, um, Nordic ski walking uh, is an excellent activity. So it's great for older adults. It's great for balance. Um, issues. and um, traditional walking has two points of contact, i.e. your feet. Nordic walking has four. So you get that upper body uh, effort. You get core effort as well as driving your body forward. It's not a substitute for canes or for walkers, Mm -hmm. um, but it's a great add-on.
1: You always have such great advice, Marika. And anyone who goes to your Instagram account will see that you definitely do walk the talk. You look and feel amazing. I know that. And thank you so much for sharing all of these tips with us again. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Marika. Merry Christmas. My pleasure. Nobody loves sleep more than Goodnight Sleep Site founder Alana McGinn. Since 2007, Alana has established Goodnight Sleep Site as being a number one sleep resource for families. And her and her team of sleep consultants strive in helping families, from babies to adults, and corporations overcome their sleep challenges and have well rested smiles in the morning. Good morning, Alana. Thanks so much for being back on Go to Grandma. Thanks for having me. So Go to Grandma might be going to a sleepover um, and traveling to see grandkids. And so obviously when we move out of our own home sleep environments, there's less that we can control. Give me some of your top line tips for traveling and holiday sleep. What kinds of things should we be thinking about?
3: You know, I think the top thing, no matter where your child will be sleeping over the holidays, whether it's at grandparents, in a hotel, wherever it might be, an Airbnb, I always think we need to make an unfamiliar environment more familiar. So that could be something like, you know, bringing along just familiar items that that your child or your baby is is used to. So it could be, you know, take the crib sheet right off the, the crib without washing it. So you get that familiar smell of the crib sheet or of the pack and play sheet. Always... I will side note, always keeping a safe sleep environment is important, no matter where baby is sleeping, especially up to 12 months of age. Making sure baby is sleeping in their own separate sleep space is important. Um, But bringing along, you know, familiar smells, um, familiar sights. So baby is used to a darker environment in their bedroom. um, You know, bringing along, there's a lot of really great affordable travel blackout blinds. Listen, I have parents. Paper garbage bags I mean that yep. can work too <laughs> exactly right? exactly super,
1: yeah cheap and affordable so we're talking about setting up the baby sleeping and when the baby's traveling to see grandma and granddad and I appreciate that note about giving baby a separate space so sometimes we might want to give up our own bedrooms if that's the situation in our own homes that's better for everyone don't you think if there's a baby that's 12 months and under
3: but I mean logistically that might not be the case so when I say give give baby their separate sleep space, I don't necessarily mean a separate room because sometimes we can't do that. Right. Baby has to sleep in parents' bedrooms. And I understand that. I mean, a separate space is not bringing baby into bed with mom or dad, because that's when we can create an unsafe sleep environment. So if, Um, You know, a lot of grandparents will set up their own crib. um, But then pack-and-plays are great, too. Um, I call them pack-and-plays. What
1: else are they called? Pack-and-plays. Is that what, like, that's... Yeah, like a portable playpen, right? Yeah.
3: Thank you. That is the other word for it. (laughs) Uh, In my days, we called them pack-and-plays. But, yeah, portable playpen, I mean, that's a safe sleep space. And that might have to be um, in the parents' bedroom, I think what's important to note is parents get worried about that, especially if their, par- their baby's sleeping really well in their own space at home. And then they're thinking, oh, geez, if I'm sharing a bed with baby, is that going to pick up bad habits? Is now, the ba- is now my baby going to be used to me sleeping in their bed? But then that's when it's important from the moment you get home, get right back on track to the normal scenario.
1: So when I've slept over at my grandkids, I actually slept in the same room as my grandson who's four and he has one of those slumber pod tents over his sleep environment so it blacks it out. And so I actually, he never knew that I slept in his room. How's that? We thought it was a good strategy for him not to wake up and grandma was there because it would be so unfamiliar to him. Was that, right. was that a good thing to do or or what what's your thought on that? Should, should he be, well, so what? Someone else is sleeping in your room. you got to get used to it. Maybe you'll have a brother here one day.
3: <laughs> well, that's just it too, right? And I mean, listen, sometimes it's like you have to deal with what you're being, what you can deal with, right? And right. if it's where you're sharing a room, whether it be the parents, whether it be the grandparents, whether it be aunt and uncle, um, whether it be the whole family sometimes is sharing the room, you know, brothers, sisters, everybody. Um again, once you get back home, just get right back on track. That's the most important thing.
1: And at home, it can be fairly easy to keep to a sleep schedule, whether it's me who goes to bed at 9 or whether it's my grandkids (laughs) who go to bed, you know, at 7 and then everyone has to be super quiet. That can be hard to mesh these sleep schedules, right? So, what are your tips on sort of having those conversations, you know, grandparents, parents, kids, to say, how do we find a happy medium around unusual sleep schedules?
3: That is the biggest issue that I see with my parents. I have past clients that call me up in a panic just saying, i know. Things are going to unravel when I'm away because you know my parents and grandparents, or you know, my sister, the aunts and uncles don't necessarily maybe agree with how I'm going to use the air quotes strict I am with my baby's schedule, that type of thing. So, this is where I say get grandparents involved, get Aunt Betty involved. You know, if they want to spend more time with your child, but you know the importance of that early bedtime, and I can't stress enough over the holidays the importance of that early bedtime because no one wants to be around an overtired child over the holidays. Um, Get them involved in the bedtime routine. So have them do the bedtime routine. You can have a glass of wine or eggnog downstairs uh, with everybody else, and they're getting in that great attachment time, but also allowing your child to go to bed when your child should go to bed,
1: I think that's a great tip in terms of getting them involved instead of just sitting around and wanting to do something. And also, we know that if you put a baby to bed late, they wake up. It seems like even earlier; <laughs> they don't sleep yes. in. This is the number one rule: babies or toddlers or kids do not sleep in. But I mean, listen, a lot of grandparents, and it's a different generation,
3: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, my parents are of the generation where they don't, they didn't follow the early bedtime; they don't understand it. So sometimes we need to sit down and have that conversation, saying, "Listen, this earlier bedtime just makes." happier holiday for everybody because now we have a well-rested baby that's just going to be more pleasant to be around. Exactly.
1: And you know what, Elena, (laughs) the other thing is maybe just stay in a hotel if the sleep schedule is going to bother you that much. And I think sometimes we have to have conversations around that as well. If our sleep schedules and the kids and grandkids schedules are so different, maybe it's better to separate ourselves. And I've done this. I've rented an Airbnb and then just gone back in the morning when I can be fresh.
3: Absolutely. Conversations are important. And I know sometimes they are uncomfortable depending on the family, Um, but you know, stick to your guns. That's what I tell my clients. Listen, you know, what's best for your child. Follow that, follow that, you know, going into the holidays.
1: Absolutely. And I'm talking with Alana McGinn from Goodnight Night Sleep Site. And of course, if we want more sleep information, we can go to her website at com on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. You're all over the place. Thank you so much for this, Alana. We will get our good night's sleep one way or the other, right towards the night before. We got to get it in. That's right. Thanks so much for having me, Kathy. Thanks, Alana. Elaine Blades is a senior manager for the professional practice group at RBC Royal Trust. She is a principal resource for technical and legal expertise for trust and estate matters. Elaine began her legal career in private practice and has worked in the financial services industry for more than three decades. She has been involved in many estate and trust educational and training initiatives, including working as an instructor at Seneca College's Law Clerk Program and teaching at the Law Society of Ontario's Bar Admission course. Elaine is presently chair of STEP Canada's Education Committee, a primary provider of trust and estate education. Good morning, Elaine. Thanks so much for being part of our Take 5 with RBC series this morning. And we're going to be talking about the upcoming intergenerational transfer of wealth occurring as the baby boom generation passes on their wealth to the next generations. With the high cost of housing and rising costs of pretty much everything else, including borrowing, does it make sense for parents who can afford to, to gift money or other assets to adult children while they're still alive instead of making them wait to inherit? Well, thank you for having me, Kathy. As
0: with many questions, the answer is it depends. While the very wealthy can rest assured that they have more than enough to live on for the balance of their lives, most of us don't have that security. None of us know what's ahead of us, which makes determining whether we can indeed afford to give money away a difficult task. In addition to unexpected contingencies like encountering major home repairs or losing a job, we're living longer. But our final years may not be healthy years and they may be very costly years if significant care is required. So it's important to keep in mind what is sometimes referred to as that health gap when we're considering just how much money we may need to care for ourselves in the future. So before any lifetime gifts, parents should also seek advice in respect to any income tax consequences to both the giver and receiver For example, parents may be surprised to learn that gifting certain assets, such as stocks or real estate, may mean they need to pay capital gains tax now. So, wills really remain the tried-and-true method of transferring wealth for a few good reasons. You continue to control your assets during your lifetime, and for so long as you remain competent, you can change your will should your personal circumstances change. Keep in mind, once a gift is made, The asset is no longer yours, and you lose the all-important ability to change your mind should circumstances change. So in practice, I'd say we tend to see a combination of more modest lifetime giving with the bulk of assets being transferred at death with the will.
1: So if grandparents didn't want to leave their wealth to their children for whatever reason, would it be possible to skip over their children and leave it to the grandchildren directly?
0: So my short answer to that is yes, in most cases. That being said, in cases where the adult child qualifies as a dependent, the parent may be under an obligation to provide for them. And in British Columbia, a parent may also have what has been deemed a moral obligation to provide for adult children, even where they don't qualify as a dependent. But we do see this question of generation skipping arise in a couple of different contexts. Sometimes it's where the children are doing very well financially and, quite frankly, don't need the inheritance. In that case, it may make sense from a tax, creditor, and or family law planning perspective or to help cement a legacy, for example, bypass the children and instead leave funds or other assets such as the family cottage directly to the grandchildren. Of course, depending on the ages of the grandchildren and the values involved, establishing trust, rather than giving the assets outright to the grandchildren will generally be recommended. And in other circumstances, the grandparents may wish to ensure their grandchildren are well provided for and, say, receive a good education. Rather than relying on their own children who may be struggling financially to save for this purpose, grandparents may wish to consider funding options such as establishing a registered education savings plan, RESP, for their grandchildren, or establishing an education trust in their will.
1: So from your experience, would you recommend that parents disclose the contents of their wills to their adult children? Well, now I'm back to (laughs) it depends.
0: So you are not legally obliged to disclose the contents of your will to anyone, and that includes beneficiaries and even your executor. That being said, there are times when it makes very good sense to share certain aspects of your will with interested parties while you are still alive. in in the hopes that this will make things smoother at the time um, of your death. And there are at least three situations where I suggest parents do share certain contents of their will. The first is where the inheritance comes with obligations. And here I'm thinking of they're getting a share of the family cottage or family business. These are assets once they get, them that requires ongoing upkeep, costs, and other participation by the recipient, perhaps including cooperation with co-beneficiaries. Second, where elements of your estate plan may be unexpected with the potential to cause tension or confusion among the beneficiaries. For instance, you are not dividing the estate fund equally or because you feel a trust would be a benefit to one but not all of your children. So while our default tends to be, you know, where we have more than one child to divide everything equally, it's important to keep in mind that fair doesn't always mean equal. And explaining why you've taken certain steps, for example, might be providing less to one child who received more financial assistance, you know, during your lifetime, or more to the child who gave up their job to assist you in your final years. Might be good to explain exactly those circumstances. And thirdly, where your children would benefit from understanding what they will be inheriting and preparing for it. The preparation might include meeting with the parents, tax, legal and investment advisors, and other steps to increase their financial literacy. The last thing the parents want is for the inheritance to be squandered as a result of immaturity or lack of knowledge. And, of course, it doesn't need to be all or nothing. Parents can share the basics of the estate plan, including an explanation of how and why techniques such as trusts are being used and perhaps why they feel an unequal distribution is the most fair without divulging the actual dollars involved. So such an approach can alleviate a parent's concern that knowing they're in for a large inheritance may simply demotivate
1: their child. A lot to consider. Thank you so much, Elaine. And if we want more information, of course, we can go to rbc.com/royaltrust. Thanks again for joining our show. You're welcome. Thank you, Kathy. All that is important is this one moment in movement. Make the moment important, vital, and worth living. Do not let it slip away unnoticed and unused. Martha Graham. Every moment with our grandkids is important, and everything we can do to make sure we are our best selves when we are with them is even more important. Thanks to Alana and Marika for reminding us to work hard to be well-rested. Next week on Go to Grandma, it's our final episode of Season 3, and boy, is it a good one. Regular listeners know that I am a book nerd, so I'm very excited to have not one, not two, but three amazing authors on the show. Granddad and broadcast legend Peter Mansbridge is back to tell me about his new book, How Canada Works, which profiles the lives of individual Canadians in their work, how they got there, and why they are such an integral part of the Canadian fabric. Then best-selling author of 12 literary nonfiction books, Charlotte Gray, talks about her new book, Passionate Mothers, Powerful Sons, The Lives of Jenny Jerome Churchill and Sarah Delano Roosevelt. And then an extraordinary woman herself, all the way from England, international best-selling author and grandma columnist for My Weekly Magazine, Jane Corey, on her new book, Coming to Find You. What a way to end the season! Thanks so much for coming along on this go-to grandma ride. I'm grateful to each and every listener. And if you missed one of the 123 episodes we've recorded so far, please visit the Zoomer Podcast Network, iTunes, Spotify, or your regular streaming service. Make sure you come back next week. I'm Kathy Buckworth, your go-to grandma. Enjoy your grand journey.
0: Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Instagram at Kathy Buckworth.